Hello, everybody. Welcome to Street Fight Radio. It's the basement show. Brian and I are here to get in your ear, talk some shit, yell at each other. It's the original thing that got this all started over 10 years ago. We started podcasting together, doing the basement show. Now we do the call-in show on Sunday nights. We've got a whole empire going here. Uh, and if this is your first time checking us out, we appreciate it. For all y'all that have been around for a while, much appreciated as well. Uh, we are the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. We're Street Fight Radio. We're coming to you outside of Columbus, Ohio. Uh, in the heart of it all, we're trying to spread this mess across the U.S. and uh, create a different world for working people. Uh, one that is more satisfying and easy and uh, better reflects uh, the amount of effort that we put in towards making everyone else's life a breeze. Uh, if you're down with us, please spread the message anywhere you can. Find us on all your podcasting platforms for free, just for free 99. You can go and give us a five-star review on Stitcher, on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, on Podbean, on, on fucking Spazcaster, on uh, Ballbuster, whatever your fucking Android platform is, anything it may be. Spread the word. Tell people about us. We want this uh, to become the regular thing. We're looking for a better world without uh, all that uh, hierarchy involved. So if you're down with us, then fuck with this. We're Street Fight Radio. You ready? Uh, yeah. Yes, I am. How's it going, Brian? I'm blazing. I got a haircut, so I'm like bold as fuck. Like I'm feeling like ballsy Brett Payne right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, we just did a uh, Heat O'Brien unleash that I think, um, I think is weirder than the uh, first one. I would say, uh, which was a hard task because the first one was super fucking weird. But uh, I think this one's even funnier. Yeah, I mean, not. I mean, I thought it was a good conversation. Uh, Karen Geyer was a great guest, uh, and the the shows have been fun to dive into. Um, and you have revealed more about yourself than ever before. So I think people are in for a treat. I think I reveal more about myself than I've even revealed to you in private. Yeah. Can I tell? I'll reveal something to myself that we did. I didn't actually say it on the the Heat O'Brien show, so this is just content for the free people. Um, I've become a real big pervert for nails, like fake nails, like um, on you, or for yes. women's nails. No, no, not on me. No, 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 no. I like pictures of nails. I like pictures Ew. of nails holding blunts. I like pictures of nails holding like ninety percent THC distillates and shit. I, I'm like, I'm, I'm at this point, I'm like so hungry. I, I just want to feel, I just want to get my back rubbed. You know, like I just want to have nails running down my back. I've become like a total fucking off the wall pervert for nails. Um, you know, uh, I, 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 I think I'm getting a better picture of who you might end up with when I hear this kind of stuff. So. I'm not ending up with nobody to be yeah, surprised. I'm a, I'm solo dolo. Okay. <laughs> you're just, and, a, you're just a, a bachelor. You're a swinging bachelor. You know, but you know, actually in this day and age, there are people that have like 
really they have marriages that like you can also uh have other relationship with those people true it's a whole different world yeah and i am on my own forever from now on i i will never ever wake up i will never share a bed i never want to share a bed for the rest of my life i hate that shit. and i'm going to just say it right now that i don't think there's another person in the world dealing with them driving a fucking knee into your back well god damn it dude i've only been a best man at a wedding once and i was kind of hoping i'd get the shot you know i get the call up sometime dude everybody should break up with everybody it's divorced life forever man like most people have a midlife crisis and they just buy like a miata and 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 just deal with it i get a reset on everything and there's so many people out there right now that i'm talking to that have a whole new lease on life and can do whatever the fuck they want and we're at a time where things are way more available and open where you can have so many different relationships with people solo dolo is the life i mean i'm two years away I mean, I'm not leaving my wife or anything. We're two years stay away from together. leaving your wife. No, I'm two years away from no constraints. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, you got a PIC. You got a partner in crime. That's. Yeah. I mean, you and Katie work well together. Yeah, and and like our daughter's going to be a great 18. Deal. We're not going to have to like be there all the time. You know what I mean? Like she'll be. I mean, obviously, I'll always be there for my daughter, but you know, she'll be an adult at that point yeah and I she gets to do her like, thing i am uh can do whatever i want you know i've said this to you before but like i mean i will probably be able to you know bring katie on the road every once in a while just because we don't have the responsibility of feeding another person so you know yeah i i, I went I, have, I went and played i went and played frisbee golf by myself today it was the best fucking feeling in the world because there was all kinds of groups of people and I was just stomping through the woods as fast and hard as I could. Like I was trying to do a full exercise out of it and people were just like, you can play through, you can play through, you can play through. And I was just like storming through the whole fucking woods, throwing my goddamn disc. I did two over par, which I felt was a good, like get down for the beginner course. But Brian, I want to do at Hoover Dam, they have a 27, whole course that we, i feel like we could we could run that whole thing together yeah i would do that i mean i'd go there and do that for sure what we'll you do it as up. fast as no kids no people f- fucking anything up you just go and deliver and shoot baskets that sounds great i will definitely do that um man you know how i was complaining about the citizen app uh you know making me feel like there's a ton of crime yeah, someone's getting shot right around you all the time. Somebody just got shot uh, close to me. Or not close to me, I mean, Franklinton, which is, okay, that's like here, four miles away. You know what? Honestly, I've had a gun in my hands. I pulled a gun in uh, professional situations and very unprofessional situations as well. Um, and and if one gets pointed at you and someone has the guts and the gusto and like the the ability to to aim and pull the trigger you might have done something okay yeah yeah i mean i've always said this i mean, on I the mean show. to get a gunshot at you like is a very hard to do uh it's the way of the streets obviously that's something that we want to alleviate through you know an, an outrageous amount of spending in 
to to alleviate that but uh really i mean like the citizen app presents the world as a place where you could just be going down to the store in your local fucking white enclave and that you're going to get robbed or gang raped or something like you're just the world is like coming down and citizen started as a like right wing app. It's called it was vigilante called, yeah it was vigilante before it was citizen and it was a place for people Freaks. that wanted to get involved in crime like so vigilante was just for like fake batmans out there folks that had like an edc that they thought was ready to deal with the crime of the disgusting world that they were in true well the thing that bugs me about it now dude is that so a month or so ago i got citizen premium because for something Ooh. for the show i got it for something for the show it wasn't it wasn't anything yeah. like uh, uh that's that why I we needed it. it and um now Every time a helicopter flies over me, it tells me a helicopter's <laughs> flying over me. And it's like, why do I need that information? Like, what am I ever going to do with the information that there's a helicopter overhead? And it does it like 15 times a day, dude, because there's fucking always a helicopter. You know? Right. And, and it's like, uh, I mean, and, and, uh, but it creates all this chaos and it creates this world where people are like, oh my goodness, there's a criminal out there that they have to, to get a helicopter for. And it's like, they stole a Chevy Malibu. You know, yeah. they, they get somebody, there's a helicopter out because somebody hot wired a fucking Tahoe, yes. you know, and now they, they're going to ride it. They were going to ride it until the wheels fell off until they got to their place. But now the police caught wind of it and it's become a fucking chase. Who Absolutely. gives a fuck? I actually today almost got run over by a white guy in a Denali. Like a, one of those huge, expensive Denalis. That's a bar, like, dude. Yeah. If he I almost got me, ran over by a white guy in a Denali. <laughs> yeah. But the weird part about it was, dude, is like, so when the walk sign comes on, my ass just walks. I'm not fucking going to sit there and wait for you. You know what You're I mean? You're authorized. You're the authorized. You got the cosign of the lights. Got the right of way. So I just start walking and this guy comes around and he's about to hit me. Motherfucker doesn't even slow down and then looks at me right in the face and like laughs. And I'm like, this guy's got too much white privilege. You know, like <laughs> this guy really is feeling himself. Too much sauce. Too much sauce. So the big news in Ohio which I think is national news at this point is governor Mike DeWine. Wait, can, what? Go ahead. Can I tell too much sauce story to, real quick? Yeah, go for it. I went to play it again sports today to go get uh, some, some disc golf stuff. And when I went back to my car, uh, I, I plugged my phone in and I was playing death metal, super fucking loud. Pestilence is the name of the band. And there was this guy next to me in his car with his girlfriend and he started headbanging along to the music and like trying to make eye contact with me while his girlfriend laughed really hard. No, he was just trying to impress his girlfriend with how he'll like engage other guys. Right. Yes. Yeah. So I gave him, gave him devil horns and like headbanged along with him. Yeah. I hate guys like that. I, I mean, I know that's a good, I enjoyed it. Like experience. He was, a he was a total bro. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I feel like they're making fun of me. This goes back to my Taco Bell thing, where I thought the people in the Taco Bell were making fun of me when I ordered. Like, I just don't like to think that somebody's making fun of me. So yeah, I, it, uh, uh, it freaks me out. And so when a guy acts like that, I'm like, yeah, whatever, dude. It, it does seem in a way like, yeah, you're the, you're the lonely metal guy that doesn't have a fucking girlfriend, but I still know how to get down. I know heavy metal, you know, <laughs> but also at the same time, the song that played right after pestilence was like 22 by Taylor Swift. And I wish he could have seen that part where like I went, I, I switched it up like that. Yeah, it rolled in. I, you know, I had a really, it, like, that's so funny because there's been times where a song was playing in my car and I was like, I wish people saw me listening to this, man. Cause they would be like, oh, I plan for it. Ass. I plan for it. I, I definitely am trying to, to trying to make an impact on your life to see how cool I fucking am. I like had this experience yesterday that is so like me that like, I can't, I couldn't handle it. So I, uh, so basically what happened is there's this comedian named Tony Hinchcliffe and, um, he introduced this Asian guy and he, he used slurs and he just, it wasn't funny, right? Like he just started calling them slurs and like, uh, saying jokes about Asians and shit. Now Asian, it was the dude that he told the jokes about the actual person posted it and said, you know, this isn't cool. You know what I yeah. mean? And like, uh, so I was talking to Cass and the mentions of that. And I was like, this is the main reason I quit doing stand up is because I hated the way that the comics would either introduce you or comment on your set after you walk off stage. <laughs> and so like, and I hated that dude. Cause my last name's Quinby. So like, a lot of times guys would just be like, vote Quinby. And I just always hated it because I had to fucking then take the room to a whole dark place after this Simpsons reference, you know? Because my, yeah. my material was very fucking dark. But I, it was very funny, too. I think it was great. Uh, and audiences generally liked it if they were engaged in the show. But um, uh, so then, like, after I posted that, all these, like, you know, these stand-up comedy fan people were like, I'm sure that's why you quit, not because you suck. And, like, I even did this a few times, but I was like, yeah, I'll tell that to the thousands of people who pay me to do comedy. You know what I mean? Like, and it just was, I'm such an imperfect, like, I, I can be got, I, my skin is so thin that, like, I could not stand the idea of these loser guys not knowing that I, actually do make my living in comedy well yeah i mean for them but they have to break that i mean th they they are they're an old guard they're an outdated idea they're upholding all of these old standards these friar roast absolute fucking outdated bullshit ideas of like what's funny or what people should do it's like you know, if everybody in the room says this is just fucking offensive, it doesn't make sense to do that. It's not. That's not fucking jokes. That's not well, like you. The the goal of any comedian is to have every last person in the room losing their fucking mind. I sort of think of it like this, man. Is that like? I mean, the guy that he was actually making fun of was offended by this because he used racial slurs in the thing, right? Right. And of it's course. like, I don't think your, your goal should be to go on stage and offend one guy. 
You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and like, I think it's perfectly okay that that guy posted this and said, Hey, I'm not like really cool with this. But as I've said a million times, I do not care what comedians say. I won't be offended. I'm not a guy that gets offended by comedy. And I just like, I do believe that in this world, people should be allowed to say whatever the fuck they want to say on stage. But this, this thing, this thing that bothers me is like, all people are saying is like, that sucked what you did, dude. That was like kind of mean and it sucked, you know? Well, and that was the same. That was the experience for us when we were doing um, stand-up, when we were doing the open mics at the time, is that there was uh, sometimes people would show up for one night or sometimes people would show up for a few weeks and then they never showed up again. Uh, But yeah, they would do something that was like objectionable or or do like an accent or do some some sort of a- anti-Asian shit and you, Spike. and I, I remember, I remember heckling. I remember heckling that guy. I remember heckling this guy that did a fucking Asian accent and they, the, the person that ran the open mic gave me the cut that out. They gave me the, the thumb across their throat that said like, we don't do that around here. We don't, we don't know. No other comedians can heckle the guy on stage, but like, I thought he sucked ass and, I, I, I did that at, at a couple places. I reacted appropriately to how shitty the fucking entertainment was and it wasn't welcomed. And, um, you know, honestly, if I'm fucking up, you should tell me right now, like you should fucking make me feel bad. If I'm on stage and I'm, I'm all the best I can do is make fun of, uh, a, a Japanese steakhouse. Like you should make me feel bad. Like you should, I don't know. That feel, feels like a comedian's code in a way. You know, if you ever came to me like trying to do a fucking Asian accent, I would just try to make you fucking be miserable. Like, right. like oh, really? That's the best you got? Like, oh, yeah, you wrote that? Right. This this cancel culture talk is like, first of all, none of these guys lose money at all. You know? No. They might lose a little We're bit. Comf. We're they- comf. We're yeah. doing one. We're doing. We're doing splendid on way less. And these motherfuckers have a regular income. They have all kinds of deals. They're still doing so many things. Right. And like, it's not cancel culture to say that somebody sucks. You know what I mean? Like, it. it it's, For them, it is. It, I know. They That's think. They so think annoying. you don't. They think you don't like. They don't think. They think that you can't. You, they think that we're too sensitive to say that like a after a woman gives you a blowjob, they should make you a steak. Yeah. They think we're too sensitive to get it like a joke that like that. Yeah. And for me, it's like, I'm not sensitive. Okay. Like it doesn't bother me. No. It's that. It Never sucks. been. It just sucks. That's I've heard it forever. It yeah. All I'm We've saying heard a is. a million versions of this joke. Yeah, all I'm saying is that you suck. You're you're not good at what you're doing. And, like, I don't need this shit about, like, why are you trying to cancel me? Like, I'm not. I don't, dude, may you work for the rest of your life and make plenty of money doing stand-up comedy. I don't give a fuck. But you can't tell me I'm not allowed to say that you suck. You know what I mean? Because, honestly, they probably think I suck. You know, but I was so annoyed because like, I was just like, you know what, motherfucker? Like there, so 
one of the guys that said something to me was a, a stand-up comedian slash magician. When? And yesterday. Oh, okay. So this guy's a stand-up comic slash magician, and he has a thousand followers on Twitter, and he's telling me about how I suck. And I just wanted to be like, dude, I could, and I haven't done stand-up comedy, like actual single person stand-up comedy in almost a decade. I could fucking go on stage alone and do a set with jokes. I could do an hour and I could sell the fucking room out if I wanted to. I could sell 100 tickets for that. And like, I could do it. It's not that I suck. It's that I don't fucking want to do it. I don't like stand up. I don't think it's very good. It's not my thing. You know, I'm a fucking, I wasn't even like ever like there's like three stand up comedians that I ever liked. And then if you, anybody that knows me knows that like my biggest comedic, like people were like radio guys. And fucking now podcasters, you know, like I like that art form more. That's all I'm saying. That's why I like what me and you do better than either one of us doing the single shit. You know what I mean? Because I think it's I better and I think it's more engaging. And I think that it, it like tells a better story. That's all I'm fucking saying, you know? Yeah, I know. I like stand up comedy. I, hate I like taking I, I like taking over the room. I like being in the center of attention. I think there's a lot of foibles involved with it, which I think it makes it so much fun. Is that like everyone has their eyes on you, and you're supposed to be entertaining? Um, oh, it, it's, damn it's it! With, so with you it's so hard course. to hang on to. I also I have I have a whole bunch of dirty sex material I want to do that like I feel oh. could just play in any yuck yuck or any like bananas house of comedy. I could fucking go fuck a stool and oh make like God. so much money right you're now, dog. Get, I'm gonna, so revved for it. You're gonna get me back out to open mics, aren't you? Like you are gonna go and then I'm gonna but be like, around. well, I gotta go. And uh, we'll go monkey around at open mics. That would be fun. Like, I would like to do material now that I'm, like, so much better on stage and know what I'm doing. I just don't like the format of stand-up. I don't like, like, the guy having a conversation with himself on stage. That's what I don't like about it. That's what I never liked about it. I like it. That's all I like about thing. it. That's what's in <laughs> I mean, I have my own relationship with myself. I feel, I mean, I think it's like incredibly naked. I think it's um, for guys, gals, non-binary pals, whoever may do it. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a respect that I have for it in a way that's just, um, even if you miss, like trying to do that is fucking bold in any way that you did. So I don't know, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is in this day and age. Um, but it's still to me like seeing Kath do her thing in Texas, uh, was just fucking awesome because she, she took a hold of like a hundred people and said, like, you're going to do what I say. And these are my rules. I'm going to tell you jokes. And like, it, it's just, it's a, I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a good, uh, it's an incredible skill, I guess, you know? Yeah. But I we, mean, bo we both have, it. you're right. We did. We both have it at this point. Yeah, we've done it and could do it. And like, 
Uh, I, you know what? Now that you say it, I would like to try it again, though, because I would like to try it with what I know now and, and what I know about myself now. Because really, I was trying to find myself when we were doing it anyway, you know? Yeah, like, absolutely. Those jokes were so dark. And, and like, even just yeah. for the six to eight months that we were doing it, like, people were really into those jokes. Like, I, w I had gotten five minutes done. And they were good. I would call them a good five minutes. So maybe I will. Yeah. Go. I, I wouldn't mind going to a few open mics with you and just dicking around up there. Also, not scared anymore. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I'm not going to have the anxiety attack from doing it again because you're just like, I don't give a fuck what these people think about me. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. For anything. Well, Brett, yeah, yeah, shady. I feel the same. I feel the same. Like, I, yeah, I, I, um, I, there's some thoughts I want to say out loud. Um, that are not appropriate to live stream or not appropriate to write on Twitter. Uh, but if someone in the vicinity of an open mic wants to hear me say something outrageous, I'll fucking do it right now. You uh, know, you're like, going to go up there like and I, do the like Tracy Morgan eating pussy jokes up yep, there. <laughs> yep. He's sick fucker, yep. man. Um, Brett Shape, he is looking, he looks like the Brett that I met. You look so much like when we first met. Like very, well, you're a little thinner. You're a thin boy right now, but I'm looking at you and I'm like, I'm very impressed with how handsome you are. It really sucks. Like I'm really jealous of how handsome you are. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm trying my best. Um, I I'm not thinner. I know I, I have my big, I'm, I'm more substantial at this point no you were i used to be a skinny guy i'm still a skinny guy but i do have some daddy weight on me i thought you had more daddy weight when we first met than you do now because you didn't really work out did you until recently no i mean when charlotte was born is when i started working out yeah. that was like my <laughs> that was really was like the impetus on me to have some sort of care and concern for myself <laughs> and uh, like a, a regimen of, of good physical activity felt very important right, to display to a kid. Like it's something you can't tell, you can't tell a kid eat good and work out if you don't do it. Like if that's not your life, I don't judge you. Street fight is for everyone. Uh, but like, yeah, if like you, if you have to live it, if you're going to fucking preach it, you're an anime guy at that time. You just spent like your workout was watching some anime back then. And uh, you're you're different now. So let's get into Mostly a little for wrestling, really. Yeah, let's get into a little bit of news, dude. Uh, oh, Mike DeWine announced today that there is a million dollar lottery for people who have gotten the vaccine. Did did you see that, Brett? What you didn't see it? So really, Mike DeWine has given away five million dollars. A million to five people, and all you have to do to enter is be registered to vote and had your first vaccine shot. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was big news. It's going to happen like, for one of us. Yeah, we're all sheeple, I guess, right? Yeah, well, I, I mean, that was... That's a good of, way to get sheeple excited. That was one of the funny things about that, Brett, was that, like, it's such an odd situation in, in this world that we're in right like that like he announced this today so i went and looked at his twitter where he announced it it first of all it looked hacked it looked fucking crazy 
to me when he said it because he's like, two weeks from tonight on May 26th, we will announce a winner of a separate drawing for adults who have received yeah. at least their first dose of the vaccine. The announcement will occur each Wednesday for five weeks, and the winner what? each Wednesday will receive $1 million. That this seems like a butter cow announcement for like the uh, state fair. Dude, like I, uh, there's just like big bucks in Ohio if you're willing to get vaccinated. Right, right. I saw this it. Is I thought he got this hacked. This is bizarre. Dude. I know. I thought he got hacked. It seems like a movie. Yeah, I know. But but to be honest, um, this weekend we went to a graduation party, you and I, and I had to talk to more than one male subject that was not willing to get the vaccination. And it was so fucking tiring every single time because you could see in their stupid, proud eyes how they thought they were different for being fucking belligerent, for, for not believing, you know, they're talking about the way things were in this country and they're talking about uh, things and this and that. And like immunization was a big part of it. Like we, it was a big milestone in medical history. Right. When we started doing this stuff and we are now accomplishing things on another level that is like matrix. It's like, you know, William Gibson level fucking MRNA gene sec sequencing. And, but I also had to talk to people that aren't going to get it. And you know what? Same for me. It's like everybody should get a goddamn divorce. All these women out here, if your motherfucking man won't get immunized, divorce him. That's not a fucking realistic dude. <laughs> That's not somebody that should be – you should not You should not be scrubbing your nails on the back of a guy that won't get the fucking shot, right? Your nails deserve to be scraped along the back of somebody that's willing to take the shot, that's willing to wear a mask. You know, these motherfucking dudes out here that think they can go renegade are bullshit. I, I had to talk to them. It, I was trying the, the problem was that like the situation we were in was it was a very uh, specific party that did not need any sort of fights or altercations. But I also had to talk to guys that also want that wanted to convince me that like not getting a shot was a, was a, was a sound decision. Like, Oh, everybody has their own way of seeing things. You know? Yeah, that is like the the uh, dumb guy credo. You know what I mean? Like, well, I just disagree with it. And it's like, why? Where where did you talk to people? Uh, was it getting your hair? You cut? don't have evidence. Yeah, yeah. Did did it happen when you got your hair cut? Is that who was telling you? Right. Is the guy that did your fucking self made tattoo on your fists? Is that the guy <laughs> that did that? that? Suggested that. Yeah, uh, here's some of the uh, uh, responses uh, uh, to this post. I, I thought we would go through a few of them. This guy says, is this for real? If so, I am ashamed that American tax dollars have funded the COVID-19 game show. Let me add to the size of this joke, which, first of all, he thought that was a joke. Let me add to the size of this joke. We offer a sweepstakes of hardworking tax dollars for a reward for a virus that kills less than 1%, but we won't take action against fast food, vapes, and other toxic chemicals that affect our health? This guy's hilarious, dude. 
How long will it be before government officials and the news media start shaming the individuals who choose not to get the shot? Will that be okay? Or should that be called discrimination? Yeah, I think it's okay. Actually, I'm cool with it. Like, I, I would be well, very excited to get a vaccine passport, to tell you the truth, so I can go to concerts and shit. Well, and there's, there's also, there's just a, there's a gigantic disconnect and there's a matter of um, humans not understanding like the gravity of the situation that they're in, uh, in that like, you know, the common flu kills 0.01% of people, but COVID kills 0.10, you know, it, it's, it's an, it's, it's moving decimal places, but it's absolutely catastrophic. Like we we've seen the damage of it. The numbers out there are, are very high. And at the same time, it also feels very minuscule. Like I, I, I will give it up to every single COVID denier and anti-masker anti-vaxxer. You know, my lived experience has not been haunting or like disrupted, you know, like the, the, the world that I, inhabit every single day has been relatively calm through this fucking storm. Um, but at the same time, I do know when people say, Hey, my friend, my loved one, my relative died. I don't think they're lying because the CIA made up numbers or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Like there's, I, it's happening. I see it happening. I like this, this. There's just no faking something like this. You, there's there would be no way to fake something of this size. Well, and you hear the uh, I mean, like, well, Howard Stern covers COVID like way more than he should, but like at least like a couple times a week, and he only is on for three days a week. He gets calls from people who are like, I thought it wasn't real, but my wife is dead now. And it's like, yeah. God damn it, dude. Is this a, like there are so many people that are going to have to. You We're know. there. I mean, that's right. Like that was the harsh reality of this weekend was like, you know, talking to other parent friends about whose husband is like renegade or like rogue. I mean, the, the, the guys are really want to feel like they're subjective scientists or feel that they've made an informed decision about things that they've never known nothing about at all. And they can't be trusted to even change the trash on a regular basis. Right. Right. Yeah. It's just what a fucking weird. I mean, I, I do think it's very weird what they're doing. I do think that there's maybe a better way to use five million dollars you know in in this situation yeah, i i don't i don't know how many people are in ohio but there's like there's been all kinds of studies that said people if you gave people a hundred dollar bill they would go get the vaccine yeah like the, the, the amount of deniers the amount of people that aren't willing to do it there's not a lot of ease to it um I mean, when I went to like when I went to go to go get my first shot, it was like a bustling building full of people that were doing the damn thing. When I went to go get my second shot, like I was rushed through wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. It was like I was in and out and there was not a crowd around me. Right. Um, you can get like we now. like it. There is. There, you know, uh, fuck. From a philosophical point of view, I don't know what I can do at this point. Um, 
I'm protecting myself. I'm trying not to spread too much around because my daughter is so susceptible to COVID. And I, I think that having COVID run through a system is way worse than having a vaccine run through her system. Right. Yeah. Um, so I am playing it safe for the time being, but there things are moving in the direction where she will be able to get a vaccine at some point. And I am putting all my money on that because it's definitely like the, the, at the, I don't know what I can do beyond that because I have to accept um, people are going to people are going to lose their life because of just a bunch of stubborn folks in the United States of America. And I'm not a part of that. I'm not a part of that. Like I, I wanted everything to be better, but it's so weird how many people you have to talk to in the face and explain to them why they should get vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I think this idea is silly, but it also, I mean, if even just a hundred people go and get it so they can get this, I, I don't know how that's going to work. I, I can tell you a little story um, about the vaccine hesitant people that I know, and that's my in-laws. Uh, my father-in-law just isn't getting it because he's selfish. Like he doesn't even have really a reason. He's just like, I don't go anywhere, so I don't need it. And it's like, whatever, just die in this back room, whatever, you know? And my mother-in-law is just not getting it for I don't know why. I could she didn't explain it. But then my Because you want to feel in charge. People want to feel in charge, I think. Yeah. I think a lot of people that are never going to interact with anyone outside of their family and don't ever leave their fucking house want to feel in charge for once. Yeah. But my sister-in-law was like, I'm going to Las Vegas in a couple of months. And I'm afraid they're going to require a vaccine passport. That's why I got mine. And I was like, you know what, man? If that's Good what enough. it takes, fuck it. You know? That's <laughs> all we need. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I like that story. Uh, uh, very, very odd story. But we have some other stuff here, too. Uh, Brett, this isn't affecting us in Ohio. So we don't care. No, I'm kidding. I do care. Well, not really. Uh, the gas shortage. Have you seen these gas shortage pictures? Yeah, I've been catching up. I don't know where it originated from, um, but I have a seen hack. a plethora of pictures. People throwing them in a Rubbermaid. Like, why would you put gas in a Rubbermaid? You know it's not supposed to go in a Rubbermaid tub. Right. You don't. Well, but that, you know it's not supposed to go is, in a garbage. You're not supposed to go in a trash bag. The trash bag is nuts. I, I have to say that I will agree with you. It's supposed to go in you. a cooler? It's supposed to go in a rubber a cooler or nothing? It just goes in the tank of a fucking car. Brett, I was okay with the uh, Rubbermaid and the cooler, and I'm going to explain to you why. Because there's probably a time in my life where I'd be like, well, the uh, gas cans are made out of plastic. I don't, I don't see why I can't use it. So I, I'm not begrudging people uh having i'm not begrudging people thinking you can just put it in a rubber bag container <laughs> an, an igloo 24 liter yeah you can't cooler. you can't yell at them i think some of the wildest ones are the people with those big fucking uh they're like for water 
You know what I mean? They're, they're for oh. like potable water for like preppers and they're filling those things with gasoline. And then like I did watch a woman fill two Target bags with gas on Twitter yesterday. <laughs> like, it, it, and it wasn't, it wasn't a tick. <laughs> That's so fucking outrageous. It's so bizarre. It wasn't like a TikToker. Because if it was somebody in their twenties, I'd be like, "Oh, that's just a TikToker dicking around." You know, this was an older woman. She was, she fucking, she was, she was investing in her future. <laughs> this woman has a Target bag in her hand. She she is holding it open with one hand and has the gas pump in the other hand, filling this Target bag. And then she gets it filled up and she takes it over to her car and she gets another target bag and tries to double bag it after it's filled up. Yeah. That'll cover up all the holes. Yeah. <laughs> and then tries a triple bag and then it busts open and the gas is all over the place. <laughs> People don't, they don't, I mean, this is why it's not fair. That the elites have us in charge of anything because we don't know how we don't know what we're dealing with. Like I, they they made it they made us burn up all this fucking fuel to get to work and to do all of our stuff. But once they said it was like very valuable, like diamonds, like we had literally zero understanding of what we were dealing with. Yeah, yeah, it's just. So what happened was this pipeline got hacked. The security yep. system in the ransomware got hacked with ransomware, and they had to they they shut it down. And then Fox and shit started being like, "There's a fucking gas shortage because Biden's the president." You know what I mean? Like they yeah, got yeah. like real amped They're about gas shortage. Yeah, everybody was clamoring to like get the most gas. I, I was like, I was driving past the pump and there was like, it was not crowded. I kept reading the stories. I saw these stories coming across my feed. It was like, no one's around me is clamor. This is totally made up. But the reason I think there's a few reasons why it didn't happen here. Now, one, it seems to have just been the South and, uh, or, or like areas like that. But two, I mean, we live in a city, me and you do, and I think just people were, I, I, I'll bet you a lot of people were just like, you know what, if it comes down to it, I'll just, because I think people who read the news knew that it was just going to be a few days where gas was more expensive. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, that's the worst case scenario was that it was going to be a couple days where gas was going to be more expensive, but it was going to come back. The gas was going to come back. And I think that like people who read and like understand stuff were like, the gas will come back. You know, I got three quarters of a tank. I only have to drive three miles a day because if you live where we live, I mean, where are you driving to? You don't yeah. have to drive anywhere. You know, I drive to the grocery store because I can't carry all the bags home. Although I did see a bindle today that you can buy like the stick for the bindle. What? That you can hang your bags on the back of. And it did How look much though? Very How convenient. many pounds? <laughs> How many pounds? I mean, it was a thick motherfucking piece of wood. You need like a rickshaw, I would think, to take groceries home. 
How much yeah. seltzer water? I mean, but a bindle. This guy had two canvas bags on the back of his bindle that he was carrying, which is a lot of groceries. Really, if you're a person that lives alone and you probably only need like two, you probably only really need two canvas bags of groceries, I think. I can't imagine why you would need more. Sure. So, you know, maybe look into a bindle. But the, the I, that. I think the craziest thing was the trash bags, that trunk full of the cheap kind of trash bags you get for work. They don't even call them trash bags, dude. They call them trash liners. <laughs> the, which I never... the liners. Yeah. Yeah, let me hit you with the liner. It's so thin. It's like this is negative one milliliter of thinness. Yeah. This shit is like air. You could puncture, you could blow through this with a strong breeze. I mean, what a crazy can liners. Story, you know? Why they hit you with the can liners? Yeah. Hey, you know, I, I, I just, I, I don't liners. I don't fucking understand people anymore, dude. Like I, I mean, the toilet paper thing was wild. I will say that that got a little wild and for a period of time got a little scary for me and my family because we were down to one roll and we actually couldn't find them. You know? Oh, really? Yeah, we had a rough time. Oh, I we never had, went without. We ordered them. Well, we, we ended up getting it, but we had to order it from Staples and pick it up at the store. So like, you oh, know, that sounds terrifying for you. Yeah. When you're, when you're, when you're getting on Staples, you know, for your toilet paper, it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, you're desperate. <laughs> <laughs> if you're willing to get a, 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 a security code from staples.com, like you're fucked up. <laughs> I know. You're I know. You're too far gone. Staples You're might too, be like the, you just get out of here. Yeah, Staples might be the last store I would think to go get toilet paper at. I mean, Best Buy maybe, but <laughs> Staples. Like, you, Staples is good at nothing. You can't entrust them with anything. They're like they don't do anything well. They try to be like all the other stores, but they aren't a, like a master in anything. Well, this was also early in the pandemic, and it was when you know, people weren't going to Asian grocery stores because they were racist, you know? Right. And yep. uh, so I even tried to go to the Asian grocery stores and they didn't have any. So it was just kind of like, I just kind of, you know, I just ordered them on fucking Staples. I just ordered them on staples.com and went and picked them up, did curbside pickup. The guy brought my toilet paper out. So that is what Thank happened. you. Thank um, you. I mean, it's for doo-doo. I'm going to go wipe my ass with this. Uh, Owen Higgins wrote a great story this week that I wanted to get to Brett. Uh, I, I found it very interesting and I think he does like a really good job of like interviewing regular people about their jobs, you know, like, uh, uh, so this story is called the pandemic pandemic. The pandemic gave retail employees a break and now they don't want to go back to work. Workers employed in low-paying jobs in the service industry didn't have much time to stop and take stock of the business until a global pandemic forced the issue. I talked to some of those workers about what the job is really like and why, at least for now, they won't be going back. Um, so he, he talked to some retail workers, which is, you know, I, I mean, we've talked a lot about, you know, there were a lot of retail stores where 
people still had to go to work, obviously, like anybody that could stay open, stayed open. But there are a lot of stores that have just been closed, you know, like mall stores and shit like that, that have, they've just been closed. And uh, now they're opening back up and motherfuckers are like, I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. I, I didn't like working at Sephora. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's been a big reset. And um, something that I know from being a young person is that there's those of us that got like a Bush uh, stimulus check of $600 and we spend it all on the best night of our lives. Uh, but other people like made it last, like they invested it or put it elsewhere. And I think we're in the similar situation with this and that like the stimulus checks for my like scrimping and saving friends, they could have made this work for years and years and years. I mean, the plot of 40 year old virgin is that like he got a post office settlement for $14,000 and he made it last for several years. And I had lots of friends that could have just lived off of $5,000 a year, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't in, I, I didn't invest any of my stimulus, and I spent the whole thing. Well, I still have a hundred bucks left actually on the card, but you know, the, all the rest of it's gone. So, uh, uh, retail is is an unforgiving business. Staff interact with the public and are expected to be on at all times. The relentless tension of always being ready to put on your game face and perform is wearing. And while retail work isn't for everyone, those who are suited to it are the ones who then bear the brunt of abuse from customers and management alike. I've known a lot of great colleagues who would otherwise be suited for this type of work who suffered or still suffer because of unacceptable treatment from the public and employees, said Melissa, a longtime retail employee who ended her work in the business just before COVID hit out of sheer luck. Um, Can I hit you with something? Yeah. Uh, in a lot of ways, this relates to Atlas Shrugged, uh, in that a big theme of that was workers started to incentivize themselves and started speaking up and it kind of destroyed everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've never read and, it, but <laughs> right, right. Of course. But but you know, I, I I also at a I'm also wondering now how panicked those people are that like followed the Ayn Rand stuff or follow a lot of things um, in a way that the leftist reaction to the world that we're in it keeps elevating. I mean, people are getting more radical than ever. Like we're not we're not on like a a downswing. People right. are, are hate hate people hate the police more than ever in my fucking lifetime. And they just know? don't, they, they like, there are a lot of people that I would say are left that don't even know it at this point. That don't know what of left course. means. They you would know? go with it. They I would just go with when, when, like they would see the people and know that the right people were in charge and just go with it. Yeah. People aren't going to like, I mean, if, if people find out like, hey, if we withhold our labor for a little while longer, maybe we'll be able to get that $15 an hour or maybe even more. They're not going to be like, you know, they're not going to be like, I'm, I'm not some goddamn leftist. You know what I mean? They're going to be like, damn, I can get more money. You know, 
Like, yeah. I'm definitely into doing it. I don't need everybody to identify as a leftist. No, no of course. I don't care how they identify. Not really. Important. I'd rather them not be racist, but uh, I don't need everybody in the world to identify as a leftist. I just want to meet people where they're at on the issues that affect them personally. You know? Um, yeah, no, I, and, and to see better circumstances for where they're at. I mean, that's like... The, the most aggravating part of what we do is uh, a lot of people that are prescribed uh, uh, prescribed uh, a, a circumstance that like complains or doesn't like what we do or doesn't think that like people should be taken care of and that life should be easy and comfortable or anything. It's like it's so hard. They've they've done so much to come to to like beat our side down at this point exactly yeah um so this next paragraph i i really like this is a big one for me because i i you know what to tell you the truth i've never done retail you're the guy on the show that's done retail i've just done restaurants and blue collar work so and the call center but uh melissa now works for narcotics anonymous but what she saw during her time in the industry makes clear that retailers take advantage of their position as the employer of last resort for many people living on the margin. Those without the option to leave the business tend to make, take the most abuse. They can't sit down during work hours, can't take sick days, and often take jobs without benefits or paid time off. I've been witness to sexism, racism, and just run-of-the-mill manipulation and abuse that should have been cause enough to quit on the spot because of how illegal it is, Melissa said. No one quits because no one in this situation can afford to quit. And that is a really good point. Because if you quit, you can't get unemployment. So they can treat you... I mean, like the system is basically set up so they can treat you like trash and make you quit so that you then well, don't get the benefits from quitting. Yeah, that was a big part of like the Abercrombie system too, where they would like promote people that looked better or fit their thing, or, or they would uh, utilize, you know, send people to the back that didn't meet the requirements. And it, like in this world, you're selling a fucking product you bought for $5, you're selling it for 50 and somebody can come along and do the same thing. So they're willing to like treat you the worst because yeah. someone will put up with it. Yeah. Diane, a former Sephora cashier told me that she's never going back to the company or any retail position after getting out from under the company's abusive treatment of workers. During Diane's time with the company, Sephora would post schedules one day before the work week began and workers weren't allowed to sit down without permission. As former employee Violet Moya described to the New York Times opinion piece last year, the company required what amounted to an NDA when it laid off workers due to COVID. Diane was one of those workers. I would literally rather have an income of $0 and live in a car than step foot inside a workplace like that again, Diane said. I genuinely would be happier homeless, and I mean that. Um, I mean, that is something that should be... That, I mean, that is an incredible claim to levy against somebody. Against a business. Exactly. Yes. We, we That's actually, daily life for so many people. The thing about it is that they could have a class action lawsuit. 
if, if they were to stake that claim against that employer. We actually need to have, we have a friend that worked at Sephora. We, we need to have her on after reading this to, to have her talk about it. You know, she's quit. So she doesn't work there anymore. And, uh, I'd be interested to hear like what, what all the issues were there, because I know she had a lot of problems with it. So, and, but dude, it, it is illegal in New York now. And in some major cities, it should be illegal to post your schedule the day before you have to go to work. That just isn't realistic for anybody at all. It's not a realistic way to live your life. It is such a fucking exploitive and, and fucking, it just does not give a fuck about your humanity when a business is willing to do that. Yeah, there's, I mean, I, I've seen the, um, I've seen their, uh, well, actually I listened to the minion death called episode with a uh, Yesra on it, uh, was really good. And it, it involved a lot of ins and outs of like scheduling and, you know, uh, people don't realize that you, you should know what your schedule is going to be in two weeks. You know, there's states that it's, there's states that there are laws in place, but, uh, that they can get away with doing what they want. Right. Andy Reich, a former floor member at the National Museum of Mathematics in New York, lost his job less than a month after the beginning of the lockdowns. Now he told me the museum says former staffers can come back to work, but refuses to negotiate with them. They required a bachelor's in math to work there, and they still paid minimum wage, Reich told me. If you had a master's degree and a teaching certificate, it, you could land some lead some teaching sessions for $18 an hour, which do the math here, dude. We're talking about New York. First of all, that's $18 an hour in New York city. You have student loan debt because you have a master's and a bachelor's, I mean, and a teaching certificate. And I guess you could say, basically this is another one of those jobs. Like who, who wouldn't want a, a this is going to sound really weird but like working at a mathematics museum would probably be cool for certain types of people would really yeah. love that job you know and they just the only people that can have that job are people whose like parents are putting them up or fucking have like saved for their school and paid for their school and shit like that. Like a real motherfucker is not getting a job at the mathematics museum. It's just not possible. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, um, I, I there's like, a the pursuit of those things is uh, a nice thing to think about it, but, you know, the museum was short staffed even before things closed down last year. Now there's nobody to work the floor as far as Reich knows. Their strategy on rehiring staff is just assuming we'll come back at the same pay, Reich said, <laughs> which is seems like a bad strategy now. But I, I mean, Brett, put yourself in 25 year old Brett's position, right? And uh, you're working at Plato's Closet, which was yep. that was your retail job, right? You're working there, right? I've COVID hits. COVID hits. You can't they they send you home for over a year. 
Yep. And then they contact you and they say, hey, you know, everybody's getting vaccinated. Everything's set up here. You, you know, you can come back to work. And then, like, they tell you you're just making the same amount of money and it's the same schedule and the same hours. Like, how do you react to that? I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I would at that point understand that the like there's going to be no salvation through working a job but <laughs> that I, I i i i think that it is like at this point people are coming to on coming to terms with what their life was before covid and showing up and putting up with this bullshit is something that no one wants to do anymore like we've just reached this breaking point. It, it it was a big part of Atlas Shrugged was like the workers revolted and people just started saying fucking no. $10 an hour for 40 hours a week is starvation wages. Yeah. $400 yeah. a week. The government, if you make $400 a week, proper $10 an hour for 40 hours, the government's going to take 15, 20% of that in taxes. Absolutely. You don't even get to keep it. Absolutely. A fucking a hundred percent, dude. Uh, uh, I mean, really that shit, that article really fucking bugged me, man. So the next thing that I read today was that Chipotle raised their minimum wage to $15 an hour. So now Chipotle is paying $15 an hour. They also released this story today that said, uh, uh, Chipotle says that um, employee uh, here it is restaurants are struggling to hire workers so some including Chipotle are trying to sweeten the pot with higher pay and bigger career opportunities Chipotle is increasing the pay of its restaurant workers to an average of $15 per hour the chain announced Monday some employees will become eligible to make a six-figure salary after just a few years on the job now I know this is bullshit right like that's not so the weasel words that they use to get this out there the wage increase will begin in the coming weeks for new and existing employees, which will result in a pay between 11 and $18 per hour, which is not $15 right. an hour. First of all, employees can, yeah, the median is that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's the weasel words. Employees it still can means also, someone's getting paid 11. Yep. Employees can also be promoted to a general manager position within about three and a half years, a job that has an average compensation of $100,000. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, they're just full of shit, you know? Chipotle's just full of shit. They're not, like, doing anything, right? Yeah, So I saw, I, I drove by the uh, big-ass White Castle in town, and they were bravely promoting that they paid $13 an hour. And something about it to me just signified that they were going to be the kind of hard ass that wouldn't just do 15. I mean, 15 is bad. 15 is fucking awful. 15 is starvation wages. 15 is unacceptable. And I know people are doing less than that. But at this point, like for the major fucking brands that are making millions and billions of dollars per year, 15 
should be the bottom level. Like they're they're still White Castle is still fighting about it. They don't want to give you 15. They're gonna be like, you get 13. You, yeah, you can try to earn 15. Because they don't want to like deal with it. You know, they don't they know that they could save money. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And Chipotle is actually Alex Press wrote a piece, and we're gonna talk about this on the Sunday show if we do the Sunday show now. We there's some question about the uh call-in show stuff equipment. So we need a very expensive computer. Yeah, we, we gotta buy a computer and uh get it set up before Sunday, which is going to be a tall order, I would say. Um but um yeah, if we get Alex on and we might even try to do it remotely or We'll figure it out. Don't you worry about a damn thing. I think I know of a way that we could do it remotely, Brett. But uh, it'll be, I, I don't need to say this on the air. I, I'm sorry. Um, but she wrote a great piece about Chipotle, which is being sued by the state of New York for breaking their scheduling laws. Because they have these laws where it, it's against the law to have employees cloping, and you have to know your schedule two weeks ahead of time. So Chipotle was like putting up the schedule for the two weeks ahead of time, right? Like they were putting that schedule up and then changing it over and over and over again throughout that time and, and just fucking the employees over. And the employees, they don't really understand that that's against the law because fuck, it has been a part of working in fast food since I worked in fast food since, yeah. since the time fast food began well there's also like the law the law says that you that's the, the, the law says you're supposed to be treated a certain way but also the law creates a situation that you start pointing out what the law says you're not a good employee anymore well one like people that, the people that start saying what the law says don't get hired right and if they do or don't maintain hired, employment right they can get fired if you bring up the law, I mean, how many times when you were working for a when, when you were when we were working real jobs, how many times did you say like, well, that's against the law? And then you're just like somebody else says like, yeah, but I mean, like, what are you going to do? Hire a lawyer? Do you have ten thousand dollars to hire a fucking lawyer to, yes. to, to, to solve this case for you? What are you going to do? Hire a lawyer was what people would. That's what we would all say to each other. When we were working, it would just be like, well, I mean, you know, I'm not going to be able to fucking hire a lawyer. And then you're also like, I mean, what's going to happen, dude? I'm going to hire a lawyer and then the cable company's also going to hire a lawyer and I'm supposed to think that I can win, you know, <laughs> like that I can compete with a utility or with like Target, you know, it's just, it's always been such a helpless situation when a company breaks the law. I mean, I, I really admire the people, and I'm sure there are so many people that listen to this show that have done it, that have have gone through with filing the grievances with the labor relations board and all that stuff. And like, that's super fucking cool that it happens. But it is almost, it, it is like you either have to be like a street fight fan that's highly motivated to fuck over an employer, you know, <laughs> or you have to be like, some I, I or you're stuck in the position that I was in or that you were in. I probably had labor labor laws broken all the time on me. I yeah. know I worked full days without breaks or lunches, you know. Yeah, I put up with intimidation. I put up 
there was things that I looked up on the internet that were totally illegal, but um, I didn't have the resources. There was no way that I could ever exert my my opinion. My I, I can never ex- I can never be represented properly as an, as a worker or an employee in like the American system. Right. Absolutely. So I got one more story that I think is really funny. And uh, I, I think we're going to we're going to cover this and we're going to get out of here. Um, I, I just found this funny, Brett. I don't know, like what we're going to have to say about it, but I do think it's good. This is a TikToker. Uh, it's a viral video from TikTok and TikTok teens. Listen, I don't like everything they do because frankly, I don't understand a lot of it. You know, like where it's like, I don't, I don't think I get this sense of humor. Maybe. Oh my God. Like missing something. You know, we didn't talk about this at all. Um, I watched the Elon Musk Saturday night, Saturday night live episode. The whole thing. All the way through. Well, now you need to I watched tell it me with a friend. I, I texted it. with a friend the entire time. I had a really good time watching it. Really? You liked it? No, I just enjoyed the company. I, enjoy, <laughs> I, I like shitting on it and texting. Here's just to interject this with out of nowhere. But um, I want to say that like talking to women is so easy and fun and exciting. And like. All of my guy friends, if they don't play an instrument or host a podcast or write an article, like they're just dead weight. Like guys are so bad. Like if you're a guy, you have to like say more to your friends. Yeah. You have to put yourself out there. You have to express yourself more. You have to say how you feel, even if it's weird or uncomfortable. There's just so many like talking to women in like an unabashed way that doesn't feel like I'm going to get in trouble. I've spent so like, it's a second job for me. Just like how many fucking wonderful conversations I've been having with that, that I don't know, like guys are not good at that. Yeah. I mean, dudes that aren't super verbal and like, don't have, I don't know. Like a lot of people just aren't like conversationalists. Guys you know are, it's I mean? guys. It's fucking guys, man. I'm, I'm, I, I'm not trying to get any sort of feminist points, but dudes fucking suck so bad. Dudes do not rock. They do not rock. We okay. should not say dudes rock ever because they fucking don't. And they haven't ever come to terms with why they don't to the point where we should celebrate them again. Until we have a until we have that day, dudes don't fucking rock at all. They're horrible. They fucking suck to talk to. They're cold and uncomfortable and horrible. I hate them. Dudes do rock though. So how was uh how was SNL? Like what were your thoughts on the Saturday Night Live? The actual content of this show that, by the way, Saturday Night Live just sucks, period. Like it's terrible. Not always. Yes. And it is like one of those institutions that I just hate because it's an institution too. It's, it's like, a Harvard thing. It's yeah. a Harvard and Brown and like all kinds. It's, it's just, it's an upper crust thing. Nobody ever got there because they were actually funny. They were just, you know, had the right connections. Uh, but so the opening sketch was a stab in the gut. It was all of them going to a hospital room and pretending to be 14-year-olds, 
15 year olds. So they were doing all kinds of like TikTok things and saying like, that's sus or that's cap. Or they, they were just like so out of touch, so incredibly like mom picking up people from school. Did they say it was chuggy? bad? They did not say Chuggy. No, Chuggy is still belongs to all of us. Yeah. Chuggy is still uh, Chuggy is definitely underground. I mean, Saturday Night Live will say Chuggy in six years. I mean, yeah. that's how far the, the 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 entire show is so far beyond and behind the mainstream. It felt so old fashioned. And like, I feel bad. Whoever's in charge of whoever the editing eye behind of it is just so out of touch and deserves nothing. Like they're, they're an absolute waste, but there, so the, the most upsetting moment for me watching Elon Musk host Saturday night live is there was a Mars Rover sketch. There was a, there was a point where he was sending people to Mars and he was in charge of the situation. And from what I understand, Pete Davidson was playing a character that's like super stupid and is like a reoccurring thing on Saturday Night Live. But the most, the, the problem for me was Elon Musk said to him in the sketch, I didn't know there was heroes in this world. I didn't know there were still heroes in this world. <laughs> and it, it, and it felt like it was very weird because he had tweeted about how he wa- people were going to die for him to go to Mars. And then he went on Saturday night live and like delivered this very weird, like deep impact, just cheesy president line where he, he imagines one day he's going to send a Rover. He's going to send a cyber truck to Mars and he's going to say, I didn't know there were still heroes in this world and some <laughs> fucking guy's going to die for him. <laughs> it was bizarre. That, that part yeah. of it was really bizarre. He took over most of it. The majority of the Saturday Night Live humor was just accents, though. They made fun of, like, fucking Scandinavian people. They made fun of Pennsylvania. Delco. They did the Delco accent, which, because I heard that, actually. They play, because Ron Bennington's from uh, Delaware County. And uh, he loves that accent, and he does, like, impressions of it, and he played it on their show, that clip, and also said he's never heard somebody say dirter, which is how they said daughter. But uh, listen. Well, you know what sucked? You know what really sucked is that, like, once you go to Pennsylvania, it's so much fun to make fun of how they talk. Like, they're so backwards. Like, everybody (laughs) in Pennsylvania does not know how to fucking talk. Either if they're from, if they're a Yinzer or they're a fucking Johnner, like it, like either side of the fucking equation, people from Pennsylvania have their own dialect. Saturday Night Live could not, could not create a situation where they just made that fun and entertaining. The joke was that the narrator kept pointing out how weird people talk from Pennsylvania. They completely beat the joke over and over, over the head. Like it, it was sucked. I thought that was funny. I, I really, I literally thought I, like, this is really, it's funny. I like fucking making fun of those people too and the way they talk. But now <laughs> that you've made the narrator say these people talk weird, it's stupid. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, you may not know this, but that is based on a real show that's on HBO 
that takes place in Delaware County. And Kate Winslet is the star. And she's trying to do the Pennsylvania accent. And uh, that's like where the Well, joke- I'm not as... You know more about shows than I do. You're the show guy. I'm so. the show guy. I'm sorry. But- I, d- I mean, I for me, it didn't hit because they shouldn't have just told me. I already knew those people talked fucking weird. You didn't have to tell me. <laughs> like, now, we, now you're talking to me like I'm a baby. I feel infantilized when you tell me these people talk fucked up because they're from Pennsylvania. It's like, we know that. We're seeing it. Please don't ruin the fucking moment. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, I could never sit. I could never deal with uh Saturday night live on a regular. If you have good company, dude, if you have good company. Yeah. I mean, I, I probably could have watched it with you. I think we would have had a hell of a time watching it. Good company. Yeah. But I was, I I found good company outside of you, Brian. Oh, you son of a bitch. Yeah, I yeah I'm straying. I'm straying outside of the relationship. Trying to get strange buddies. You know, sucks. I've got one. Oh, you son of a bitch. I don't. So there you go. <laughs> but um, I respect that. I mean, it's admirable. <laughs> You're an but, honest man. Uh, before, we, uh, before we get out of here, uh, I wanted to do this story because this is funny. I find this to be very funny. Ever had a craving for fast food, but realized at the cash register, you didn't have any money to buy it. Whether you forgot your wallet or were simply low on funds that day, you probably had to walk away empty handed for one young man in Utah. However, no was not an option. He instead offered to work for his meal at a Wendy's restaurant. Footage of the teen named Cody Rifler was uploaded to TikTok by his friend, Nick in the light hearted clip Rifler is all who is wearing a khaki colored t-shirt and blue jeans can be seen mopping floors behind the counter and portioning out french fries the delighted youngster is then shown walking away with his hard-earned food the overlaid text on the video reads he asked to work for 10 minutes for free food along with a laughing face emoji the footage which was shared on may 9th is captioned it's crazy what you can ask for for you utah whatever you know all the tags the video has I mean- gone viral yeah, and honestly, like this is going to make f- probably a half million dollars for Wendy's. Yeah, yeah. Probably some some kid acting crazy on TikTok is going to make it viral, and someone's going to stop for an extra chicken nug. Someone's going to chalk stop for some, you know, chili or something. You know, like we're thing. doing all the work for them. Like we are making their shit popular. They have no idea how to make their fast food presentable we love it we live for it we're all doing it (laughs) and they have no idea how to just say we get you and we present them with all so many opportunities to expand our love for their fucking things and they don't they should spend all their money on us instead of the fucking advertising people yeah well i mean i I, I'll, i'll say this i think there were times in my life and maybe sometimes still could be times in my life where I really wouldn't mind like being like, I'll work for 10 minutes and then you just give me all my food for free. Like that seems like yeah, a that's great true. motherfucking deal. I would love that deal. You know, you know what you sold me. Yeah. You're going to be waiting in line anyway. Yeah. You know, you're like, 
okay, so either I wait 35 minutes for my food or I do dishes for 35 minutes and get my food for free. Yeah, yeah I'm down, so I'm going <laughs> to put a podcast on if you don't mind, but I I'm going to get this done. We don't have enough kind of opportunities for a person to just be like, yeah, I'll work today. What the hell? You know, because yeah. like, there are probably days where like you could get me to go to a job if you gave me $40 and it would just be like, I don't do this very much. It's novel. It sounds nice. Yeah. We need someone to run the fries for like the next three hours. It's busy, busy, busy. So like if you're in for 60 bucks, we got you. I mean, and a free meal. We're going to, we're going to get you, let you eat at the end too. That would actually, I got to tell you, and this is going to sound stupid. I would love to work a dinner rush at a McDonald's again, just to see what it was like back then. Because man, I have nightmares about that job to this day. Like literally wake up in a sweat thinking I'm working at McDonald's, dude. Yeah. That, that job um, you know, I have a lot of free time. I, I have a lot of free time on my hand. And certainly there's something about me that feels like I could experiment <laughs> like just jobs. to even understand what it was. God, we got to get a Mike Rowe show, dude. We should yeah. be doing what Mike Rowe does because we're both dudes. It's like, I mean, I'd go drive a forklift for a day. I would even spend a day to get forklift certified and then go drive the forklift for the second day. I'd let two days like forklift hey, driving. My, mine expired, but definitely I'm already forklift, cer forklift certified. Yeah. You just spend a day fucking driving a forklift around. I mean, 90 minutes, 90 minutes would be great. Yeah. But then they'd figure out a way to charge <laughs> us for it, which would be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> man. We were just trying to have fun, you know? Right. All right. That is the show for this week. Uh, you know, listen to Heat O'Brien Unleashed. Over on the Patreon, there is a solicitation for questions for a Q&A. Yes. Uh, we need those questions. Uh, we'll probably get to all of them. We need a lot. Um. The other thing that I wanted to say before we get out of here is, uh, again, our computer totally died for the that we do the call-in show on. The main so, station. Yeah. We, we are hoping to maybe get it figured out by Sunday. If not, we will try to figure out a workaround and still do the call-in show Sunday. But uh, you will get a show. It just might not be streaming and it might not be a call-in show yeah i was talking to jason i think we're gonna go shop around for one i think we'll get one i think we'll have one by sunday i hope cool yeah i mean i have an idea i'll talk to you about when we hit stop on the recording all right uh well thanks for listening to tree radio um do something bad with your life peace mm -hmm.